don't know if it's still there it is there it's coming up very good uh, i want to invite you to join me in hearing from scripture from romans chapter 12 uh, two verses powerful verses listen closely Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His pleasing and perfect will. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would speak to us. Lord, speak in a way that we can understand. And Lord, may we truly be transformed as we hear and as we apply your word to our lives. We make our prayer in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. You know, this uh, year has already gotten off to quite a start. Uh, many of you probably stayed up late on Friday evening uh, bidding the New Year's entry. And then last night we had storms to uh, roll through. And I wonder just how many of you have had a full night's sleep in the past two nights? How many of y'all had a full night's sleep? Okay, you can see the hands. I mean, very few of us. So I know it may be a little challenging this morning to stay awake. I found myself, Jonathan, even though the singing was great, I found myself, my, I feel so tired. I don't know why. I really do know why. But anyway, let's, let's see if we can stay with it today. Well, it is a new year. And imagine for just a moment that the department over at Volkswagen, who's responsible for designing the wheels, uh, decide they need to design a new mag for their latest vehicles. And the group, uh, after some discussion, decide that, you know, symmetry in wheels is passe, and it just no longer gets it. And so they decide that they're going to design a different kind of mag. And so they design a mag that has five spokes, but each spoke is of a different length that goes from the hub to the rim. You know, it may look nice, and the car may look okay, but it's not going to ride very smoothly, is it? You know, God wants you and me to experience life to the full. He wants us to have the very maximum that life has provided. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And God wants us to experience that. Uh, one, of my, one author that I sometimes read after is Pete Scazzaro. And in his latest book, uh, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, he points out that there are five very important dimensions of our life. He talks about these five. Emotional, spiritual, physical, social, and intellectual. And he, he draws a diagram of a, of a wheel with five spokes. And he says, in order for us to be healthy, all those areas in our life must be fully developed and must be healthy so that we'll be healthy. If any is underdeveloped, then we will not be able to experience the maximum life that God intends for us to experience. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about these five dimensions of life and how that we can be transformed into each area so that we can experience the fullness of life that God really intends, that we can have the health that God wants us to experience. 
Now, in religious circles, we tend to emphasize one of those dimensions, oftentimes to the sacrifice of the others. We really like to emphasize the spiritual component. But, you know, God wants us to be healthy and whole in every dimension of our lives. And this morning, we're going to begin looking at the intellectual dimension and how that God wants that to be well-developed in each of us. Uh, a few weeks ago, Patty celebrated a birthday, and uh, uh, I tried to figure out what would be a good gift to get Patty on her birthday. Uh, you know, we've been married for a long time, and I've gotten her very kind of gifts, and I thought, I, I wanted to do something a little bit different. So a couple of weeks before her birthday, I asked her, what is your favorite birthday cake? And she told me German chocolate cake. So I decided I would order a cake from City Cafe. How many of you have ever had a cake or a piece of cake from City Cafe? Oh, yes, indeed. Preach it. So, so I ordered a cake, a, a German chocolate cake from City Cafe. I went over uh, the, the day of her birthday, kind of snuck away. She didn't know I, what I was doing. Snuck away and picked up that cake. And that cake must have weighed 10 pounds. I mean, it was huge. Matter of fact, when I got it home and, you know, after we cut it and so forth, Patty did not have a container that would, that would hold that cake. And she's got some pretty large cake, uh, you know, containers. But... But anyway, we, we, we got that cake, cut into it, and when we tasted it, it was so rich. I mean, it was like a, a sugar coma waiting to happen. But it was absolutely delicious. It was so very rich. Well, let me tell you, Romans chapter 12 is one of those passages in the Scripture that is a city cafe cake. I mean, this passage is rich. As a matter of fact, we could spend hours talking about the various things that this passage is talking about here. But this morning, I want us, again, to focus on the intellectual aspect. Paul writes, Do not be conformed to this world's patterns, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul understood that if we can be renewed in our mind, we can experience true and genuine transformation. You see, how we think determines a lot of who we are, how we relate to our world, and how we are as a human being and in our relationship with God. Our patterns of thinking have a huge impact on us. Paul realized that, and so he urged the readers of Romans to be transformed by this renewing of the mind. The renewing of the mind. So how do we do that? How does it happen that our minds can be renewed and we experience this transformation? How can we be changed just as that butterfly is, is, is transformed in that cocoon from that woolly worm to the butterfly? How can that happen in our lives? How can we be changed by the renewing of our mind? Well, Paul begins this thought in making a very important contrast. He says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. You know, this world has patterns of thinking. Now, in contemporary terms, we talk about those being narratives. Those are patterns of thinking. 
And patterns of thinking have a huge impact on not only how we relate to the world, but it, those patterns of thinking actually shape our brains. Okay? Those patterns of thinking, those narratives are powerful. And if you got the narrative right, if you got the pattern right, then your thinking's going to be good and you're going to be headed in a good direction. But, on the other hand, if that pattern isn't healthy, if that pattern's not right, if it's insufficient, then you're going to head in a negative direction. Let me give you a quick example. Uh, how we view our president helps to shape what we think about our president. If you think that our president is a well-experienced individual who has the best interest in mind for our nation, you will view the president differently than the person who thinks that the president is old and senile. It will be of a very different view of how you view the president. Our patterns of thinking have this profound impact on not only how we see the world, but how we live out in this world and how it shapes our very being. Uh, one of my favorite authors is uh, James Bryan Smith, who uh, has written a trilogy of books, Good and Beautiful God, Good and Beautiful Community, Good and Beautiful Life. And he approaches his, these books with this in mind, that, that there is this false narrative by which people often live that needs to be replaced by the true narrative. Patterns of thinking that are false replaced with new. And as I was thinking about James Bryan Smith's works and I was thinking about this particular message related to the renewing of the mind, I began to think about some narratives that we live with, some patterns of thinking that we live with that uh, uh, they're not necessarily bad in the sense of being evil, but they are insufficient. There's some truth within them but yet, when we live by them and fully invest in them, it doesn't lead us to the place we need to be. Let me give you three. You see, some people believe and promote the idea that you can be anything you want to be. You can be anything you want to be. Now, that sounds good on the surface, particularly for those of us who live in the Western world. For many, that type of thinking helps people to push harder to aspire to become something they desire to be. But the problem with that narrative is it is insufficient. It simply is not true to the fullest extent of the word. Let me give you an example. Say when I was in high school, I wanted to play basketball for the University of Tennessee. You know, I could have tried as hard as I could possibly try to do so, but I would have been able to do so. First of all, you can see my I'm not very tall. Secondly, I can't shoot a basketball worth a flip. The only thing I can do in basketball very well is to pass. <laughs> I'm slow, and I, you know, I just didn't, I just did not have the skills and ability to do that. You see, all of us have limitations. Limitations that prevent us from doing some of the things that we might want to aspire to be. But here's the true narrative. You can be all that God has designed you to be. 
Now, if you switch the narrative of I can, do anything, I can be anything I want to be to I can be all that God wants me to be, then life is shifted in such a radical way to where now I'm living to discern and to discover what God has designed me to be. Then I'm chasing after that. I'm chasing after God's desire, God's design. And life is so much better when that happens. Another narrative that we sometimes live with is this. If I can just accumulate enough resources, then I will be secure. So if you're my age and you're looking, you know, sometime in the future retirement, you can say, well, if I can grow my IRA and uh, I can my 401k plan and get them up large enough, then I can retire and I'll be secure and I won't have anything to worry about. Or if you're younger and you're, 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 you're trying to provide for your family, you'll say, man, if I can just get a job making this much money, then I'll be able to provide any, everything that my family needs. We can live in the right kind of house, drive the right kind of car. Our kids can go to the right schools and so forth. And, you know, again, that sounds okay to a degree. And, yes, resources are important in our life, but, again, it's insufficient. You realize that God, this is the true narrative, that God is our source of security and provision. God is our source of security and provision. Jesus said, you know, if you... Seek God's righteousness and God's kingdom first. All things that you need will be provided for you. God is our provision. God is our provision. A week or two ago, I, was, um, I heard a, a media star make a comment, and she said, I just want to be happy. And, you know, after listening to her, I thought probably her goal or one of her goals is happiness in life. Her, she wants to be happy. Now, again, that sounds pretty good. If I were to survey this crowd, I'm sure that every one of you would say that I want to be happy. You know, you want to be happy. And probably none of you say, no, I don't want to be miserable, preacher. I, 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 don't, I don't want to be ever happy. No, we, we, we like being happy. But, you know, there is a problem with happiness, particularly as a goal in our life. Happiness is so elusive, isn't it? It's so dependent upon the circumstances and situations around us. But if we have a different goal, my goal is to please God. The whole focus of life becomes different. And it's amazing how that when we seek to please God, how God fills our lives with joy. Now there's another side of this pattern, these patterns of thinking, and it has to do with uh, uh, our perspective and, and how we think. And, and sometimes we get trapped into uh, what I, I call negative thinking. You know, long-term impacts of ongoing negative thinking literally rewires the brain. Did you know that? I mean, it literally rewires how your brain functions when negative thinking becomes so dominant in, in our minds. And we're living really in a culture now where patterns of negative thinking are prominent. We are in the midst now of almost a two-year-long pandemic where that 
particularly through the media, we have been fed a constant barrage of negativity about everything. Now, don't misunderstand me. COVID is very serious. People have serious consequences when they get it. We need to protect ourselves and all like that. I'm not trying to say that, that, that you know, trying to, to push that away. But what I am trying to say is we've been so fed a barrage of negative thinking and everything always about COVID is so negative and everything that comes out. You know, a few weeks ago, we heard there is a new variant, Omicron. And before anything was really known about Omicron, the very next day, the stock market fell 900 points. 900 points. We didn't know if it was more contagious, less contagious, more serious, less serious, or anything else. But everybody assumed the very worst. And we we, we live in this world where we're so fed this negative information. And Paul urges us to be transformed in our thinking. You know, for me, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We have a positive message. It's called the good news. And we need to focus on the good news. Sometimes our negative thinking becomes aimed at who we are. You know, you go through some negative experiences in life. You know, things don't go as you want them to go. You work hard on some particular goal. Things don't work out the way you hope them to. And and you end up thinking, I'm not not good. I'm not worthy. Uh, People that we, we love let us down. Negative experiences happen to us. And we begin to think negatively of ourselves. We begin to think that I'm of no value. How can God love me? How does God care about me? And we're down on ourselves. But if we can transform our thinking to know that God truly loves us, God truly loves you just as you are. You're not a failure. You are a unique, unrepeatable miracle of God. Be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Now, we need to know that this renewing of the mind is an ongoing process. It's not something that happens. Your mind is renewed and that's all. It is a lifelong experience. It's lifelong learning, in other words. It goes on and on and on. And if you stop renewing your mind, you'll start going in the other direction. Now, how do we do it? Well, to renew it, you got to use it, okay? To renew it, you got to use it. Now, that's the best I could come up with just before Christmas <laughs> and this, this time of year. But you'll remember it. You got to use it. And I want to suggest to you some exercise. You know, this is. Uh, a new year, some of you have made uh, New Year's resolutions that you're going to get in better shape, you're going to eat better, you're going to lose a few pounds, you're going to exercise more, you know, all those kind of things, and more power to you. And I hope that all of us can, you know, abide by some of those resolutions because those are good resolutions. And there are exercises that I hope that you will engage in, some exercises that will make a difference in the renewing of 
your mind. I'm going to suggest just a few, but there are others that you could do, but I want to suggest just a few. One is, I encourage you to read the book. Now, I have a paper, hardback copy of the Bible, but I read it most of the time on electronic media. And it doesn't matter which way you read it. Just read the book. Read the book. When you start reading this book, you'll find that it's challenging. It's not an easy book to read. There are things it says that will trouble you. There are things that it says that will challenge you. There are things that it says that will transform you. But if we read the book and dive into the book, we'll find it making a difference. That's one of the reasons why I encourage that you do as many across our annual conference are doing, many of us in the church are doing, is try to read through the Bible. Find one of those little bookmarks that are there in the back and you'll see the readings through January. Go online and find the readings. But let's read the book. Let's read the book. But when you read the book, you also need to find people with whom you can talk about and talk through this book. Uh, maybe it's in a small group. I, I'm a small group, and, and we generally do a, a book study in the Bible, and, and, and we talk about it. And there's something about talking about it and processing that makes it come alive. Get into a group where, where you can have some discussions about the Word. It'll make a difference in your life and it will help to renew your mind. Choose some good Christian literature to read. Now, I've got a confession. I watch way too much TV. Now, there, is, there are some good television programs and some good programs that communicate some good positive narratives. But read some good Christian books. And I would highly recommend... Reading this year, set as a goal to read the, that trilogy I mentioned from James Bryan Smith, Good and Beautiful God, Good and Beautiful Life, Good and Beautiful Community. I believe if you get into those, it will renew your mind and lead to transformation. Simple exercises that can make a world of difference in renewing your mind. When your mind is renewed, when you're, those, when you're no longer conformed to the pattern of thinking of this world and you begin to think as God wants you to think, it's amazing how you will be transformed. This morning I want to share with you a prayer. It's actually a prayer that comes from Scripture. And if you have something to write with, you may want to write this down because I encourage you to pray this prayer for yourself and others later. It's, it's found in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through the first part of verse 19. Great prayer, and its focus is on renewing the way we think. So as the band comes forward, I want to pray this prayer over you that God would renew our minds. Let's pray. God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, give each of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know our Lord Jesus better. I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which Jesus has called us, the riches of His glorious inheritance in all the holy people and His incomparable great power to those of us who believe. And we make our prayer in the sweet and precious name of Jesus. Amen.